Welcome to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Inflation adds to the number of people having a tough time making ends meet. Rising home heating bills further compound the difficult choices people have to make when funds are low. But a federal program is distributing $4.5 billion to tribes and states to help people offset heating bills. The program helps more than 5 million people every year, but some people never sign up because they don't realize they're eligible. We'll talk about federal heating assistance right after the news. This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. The Biden administration has given the green light to the Willow Project, one of the largest oil and gas developments in Alaska in years, estimated to produce 180,000 barrels of oil a day at its peak. But the project has been scaled down from ConocoPhillips' original proposal and continues to face intense opposition from environmental groups. Alaska Republican Senator Lisa Murkowski gave credit to Alaska Native groups for helping to push the project over the finish line. Alaska Native people, uh, those who live and work and raise their families up in, in the area, uh, the strong support. From, from unions. Representative Mary Peltola, an Alaska native who's the lone Democrat in Alaska's congressional delegation, says it was a bipartisan effort and an example of what can be done when Alaskans unite for a common cause. I'd like to thank the president and his administration for really listening to the voices of Alaskans when it mattered the most. And I'd also like to thank my Democratic colleagues who really helped to push for meetings with the White House and who listen to the voices of Alaska Native leaders who told them about how unique Alaska is and how important this project is for our future. Not all Alaska Natives were happy with the decision and Newick said the community closest to the Willow Project. There's been division. Eunice Brower, who works for the tribe, believes oil and gas development in the region has already caused air pollution and health problems like asthma. They're not taking that into consideration and how much they're really impacting the health of the people that live there. Brower says there are also worries that oil and gas production will induce toxins into the environment, which can lead to higher cancer rates. The project will bring miles of new roads and pipelines, as well as 200 oil wells that will forever change the landscape. Environmental groups have called Willow a climate bomb that will potentially release tons of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere and accelerate climate change. And a disclosure to this story, ConocoPhillips sponsors KNBA, which produced this report. A Guatemalan forensic anthropologist who's worked to exhume and identify the remains of thousands of Maya killed during his country's bloody civil war is offering to help indigenous communities in Canada as investigations are underway of unmarked graves at former Indian residential schools. Maria Martin has more. Guatemala is recovering from a 36-year armed conflict. What we have as a result is 200,000 civilian victims. Forensic anthropologist Freddy Pecherelli says Guatemala is still in the process of dealing with the impact of a war which ended some 25 years ago and whose victims were largely indigenous Maya, many of whom have yet to be identified. The missing, the ones we're still looking for today, we call them the desaparecidos. 
Anthropologist Pecherelli has spent more than two decades helping Maya families identify the remains of thousands of bodies of the so-called disappeared using DNA tests. He's offered that expertise to Canada's First Nations so they can develop their own forensic capacity. Pecherelli says that in both countries, what the families of those buried in unmarked graves and cemeteries want is the truth. Now, the families, they want information. They want to know what happened. They want the bodies of their loved ones. But most of all, what they want is they want you. They want everyone to know that their loved ones did nothing wrong. Freddy Pecciarelli heads up the Forensic Anthropology Foundation of Guatemala. For National Native News, I'm Maria Martin. And I'm Antonia Gonzalez. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support by Sanofsky Chambers Law, championing tribal sovereignty and Native American rights since 1976, from opioids litigation to treaty rights to tribal self-governance, with offices in Washington, D.C., New Mexico, California, and Alaska. Sanofsky Chambers Law. Support by the Gathering of Nations Powwow, a live event taking place April 27th, 28th, and 29th on the powwow grounds of Expo New Mexico, featuring song, dance, trader's market, horse parade, and more. Tickets available at gatheringofnations.com and at the gates. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. This is Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Soaring energy prices are among the costs that most of us are having to cope with. Whenever costs go up, people often have to make tough decisions to tighten their belts. When it comes to heating and cooling our homes, a federal program offers help to those who are eligible. More than 150 tribes receive allocations through the Low Income Energy Assistance Program, also known as LIHEAP, that they administer for their citizens. The money can be used to heat homes in the winter, and pay for cooling in the summer. Today on our show, we'll get a snapshot of how LIHEAP benefits work for several different tribes. We'll also speak with LIHEAP representatives about what to do if you think you might be eligible. If you have questions about LIHEAP benefits or if you're struggling with energy costs this winter, today would be a good day to call in. Join our conversation by tapping 1-800-996-2848 on that touchscreen keypad. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. You can also post a comment on our social media. Our Twitter handle is also 1-800-99-NATIVE. Joining us first from Washington, D.C. is Vicki Pretlow. She is the LIHEAP Program Specialist for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Vicki, welcome to Native America Calling. Hi, Sean. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Vicki, can you start us off today with a brief overview of LIHEAP, how it works, who's eligible, what the program can be used for? All right. Um, so that's very broad um, right there, but um, let's just uh, jump right in. So as you've mentioned, LIHEAP um, is the Low Income Home Energy Assistance Program. Uh, this is a federal program that's purpose is to assist low-income households in meeting their immediate home energy needs. So 
Um, it can help manage energy costs by providing assistance with home heating and cooling bills. It can uh, provide services during household energy crises, uh, provide low-cost weatherization measures, um, and it can even um, provide um, energy education and counseling services. That's under what we call our Assurance 16. Um, so just to break it down a little bit further, um, what exactly does that mean? It could mean, for example, uh, paying for electricity bills to stay ahead or to prevent a shutoff. It could mean um, having cords of wood delivered or fuel oil delivery in the case where uh, homes might use those to heat. Um, it could also mean providing for the repair or replacement of an air conditioning unit. Um, so those are just a few of the more common activities that we see, but there are actually many different ways that our administering agencies or what we call grant recipients uh, can do to provide benefits to households. It really just depends on how they have structured their program to meet the needs of the um, members in their community. So, now, okay. Vicki, I, I know LIHEAP's been around uh, a number of years, but in light of the current economic situation we're in with this rising inflation and also still emerging from the pandemic, is the program getting more attention now? It's getting loads of attention. Um, we um, have definitely seen um, lots of eyes on us from um, various um, politicians, um, representatives, um, and we have actually, um, fortunately, seen a good uptick in our funding over the last few years because of COVID, um, or in the wake of COVID, um, we've seen an uptick in um, in the uh, funds that we can distribute to our programs. Um, so that's really excellent. Um, and I think it's also um, just want to pinpoint that because the eyes are on us, right, because we are um, receiving a higher level of funding, um, it's also important to participate in activities like this, this radio show, because we want the word to get out, right? We have extra funding. We want people to know about it, and we want them to apply for it. Um, and so um, to get a little bit into that, if you want me to, to talk a little bit about how to access the benefits, we can do that. Yes, um, please do. Like. Sure. Um, so currently, we provide direct uh, grant funds to 150 federally or state-recognized uh, tribal nations. Um, and those in those directly funded communities, tribal members would go to their tribal LIHEAP office to apply for benefits because those programs administer to those communities, right? Um, now, in tribal communities that are not directly funded by our office, to administer their own LIHEAP program, those community members would go, uh, would be served by the state LIHEAP offices. So um, this is another point that I want to highlight here. If you are in a community, whether you're in a community that administers its own LIHEAP program, or if you're in one, a, a tribal community that does not, you will still have access to these benefits if you are eligible. Okay. You, okay. Now you'll just for, go to a different provider, though, right? You'll go to the state. You'll just go to or, a different provider. And um, how can people me, find out? I'm sorry, just mm -hmm. quickly. How can people find out uh, if perhaps if they're they don't have a tribe that's directly funded? What's the best way to to approach the state or find out about a state program if in the All new right. society? 
Great lead-in. So that was going to be my next comment. Um, for information on where to apply for energy assistance, um, we encourage people to visit our website, um, which is www.energyhelp.us. Um, this is, website is actually hosted by one of our partners, and this, it provides uh, drop-down menus where you can select your tribe if it's a directly funded tribe. Um, or the state and the county if you will be served by the state office. Um, again, that website is energyhelp.us. If you don't want to access online, you can also get this information by phone by dialing the National Energy Assistance Referral Hotline. That number is 866-674-6327. And once you dial that number, a recording will ask you for your zip code, and after entering it, it will give you the contact information for your closest office. Now, once you have that contact information, um, we encourage people to reach out um, whenever they can. You will be required to complete the application process to determine your eligibility and the benefit amount if, if applicable. Um, so um, that, that's, it's pretty easy um, to access that website and to, or to dial that number to find out where to go. Um, the next question, of course, would be, am I eligible, right? And so um, eligibility requirements might differ between providers. Um, again, it's important to reach out to those offices to find out what their eligibility requirements are um, and what their application process is. Vicki, thank you for this uh, really good overview, getting us started. Let's go ahead now and talk with some Native American LIHEAP programs and some of the folks that are working in those programs. Speaking with us now from Aquasasne, New York, is Melanie Connors. She is the LIHEAP coordinator for St. Regis Mohawk. She is Aquasasne Mohawk. Melanie, thanks for joining us. Hi, John. Thank you. Yes, um, we're here in... Uh, in actually a snowstorm, but we're actually doing pretty good here. We're we're missing the big nor'easter here. <laughs> okay, yeah, I know this winter weather is still uh, still really raging. So all the more uh, necessary for this show here about the uh, the LIHEAP program. And can you tell us, Melanie, how many people rely on LIHEAP benefits in the St. Regis community? Well, so far, what we have for our regular season from November to December. It, for the first half of it is uh, we we had 54 clients and our focus was mainly on the low income elderly disabled and families and like Vicky said that we um, we only have a certain uh, amount of funding here so we've had to uh, send uh, quite a few families also to New York to Franklin County which in New York for our regional assistance. So um, we, we encourage people to go and they can do it through the website or through our local advocates to apply because there are income guidelines and with, we work with New York State County also for the guidelines. Okay. And your LIHEAP program as it stands now, is it uh, adequately funded to, to meet the needs of all St. Regis community members who are eligible? Well, I'm glad Vicki was talking about that because of the uptick in funding. Uh, it is not for ours. We we really we've had only a certain amount of money, and we we I would say 
like, well, last year we serviced over 100 clients. This year we've serviced the 54. So we've had to um, send a lot to back to Franklin County. But the, we, I'm glad that the, there is um, the additional funding. And what are your uh, your program participants saying with regard to, you know, again, these costs right now are just so high with regard to either whether it's propane or natural gas, what other people are using to heat their homes. And here it is already mid-March, and, and, and we're still getting storms. We're still having this cold winter weather. We don't see spring till April or May. And they we have clients that have had to have, our main fuel source is uh, fuel, uh, fuel um and then we've got had uh, fuel and uh, then kerosene, propane. We don't have natural gas because we're we're rural. So, um, and they've had at least two to three tanks, and it was over nine hundred dollars to fill a tank. Mm. And then it was um, in the beginning of the end of December, January. It was almost over a thousand to for them to fill their tanks and if they didn't have the pro they they really we've heard it so many times with from our clients they could not even fill their tanks they they would put in a couple hundred dollars to get them by gasoline car repairs energy and food costs risen dramatically over the past year pushed hard by high inflation and other economic factors if heating your home has been difficult this winter or you're worried about how much it's going to cost to run your AC this summer, give us a call at 1-800-996-2848 for questions about the Low Income Energy Assistance Program, also known as LIHEAP. Take a short break and we'll be right back. Inspiring young Native voices are taking on the big issues facing Native people. Climate change, substance abuse, attacks on sovereignty. There is no problem too big for the up-and-coming youth leaders on the local and national stage. We'll find out the main priorities for young Native leaders on the next Native America Calling. If you are age 45 and older, it may be time to talk with your healthcare professional about your colon cancer screening, Medicare and Medicaid, and Marketplace have you covered. For more information, visit healthcare.gov or call 1-800-318-2596. Message from the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Service. Thank you for listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. We're covering the Federal Low Income Home Energy Assistance Program, also known as LIHEAP, on our show today. We'll be discussing how it works and how the funds are distributed in different tribal communities. If you have a question about the program, you can call us at 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. Our third guest is on the line now in Shawnee, Oklahoma, Margaret Zintek. She is the Director for Workforce and Social Services at the Citizen Potawatomi Nation. She's also the 477 Tribal Work Group Co-Chair. She is a Citizen Potawatomi Tribal Member. Margaret, welcome to the show. Bonjour. Hello, and Megwitch for having me. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. And just now listening to Melanie Connors up in New York talking about just how cold it is and just 
how expensive propane and, and kerosene and some of these other costs are. And as I understand it, through education, uh, your program tries to get people off of LIHEAP benefits. Can you describe how that works? Yes. Uh, it is our goal and our belief that if we can educate people to manage their in, and reduce their energy burden, then we have accomplished um, our, our movement towards self-sufficiency. We want our people to be able to manage those dollars. There's always going to be some hiccup in the road, but if we can teach them to take DIY, do-it-yourself small projects in their home and that will significantly drop their energy consumption, uh, or we deal with budgeting and budgeting to keep those bills paid, not let them get you um, for late fees and those kinds of things. So we, we believe very strongly in educating to be self-sufficient. So are these like classes that people can come into your office and maybe learn more about budgeting or managing household expenses? Yes, um, that may be, I'll give you a, a common example. In the summer, it gets pretty daggum warm. And if you open and turn on your oven to bake or cook something, you raise the temperature in your whole house. But if you would use a, an appliance such as a crock pot or a, um, a an oven, an electric oven, then you actually do, don't raise the um heat in the house that much and you're able to accomplish the same thing without also adding to your energy burden. Um, so we teach them those type of things. We provide them even tips on meals they could cook that uh, will serve their family. Uh, we teach them about putting in, um, film on their windows to reflect the rays and reduce that. We provide that item to them as well in the application kit so that they can apply that. We might give them uh, blankets and say, you know, teach them how to turn down that control a little bit. Uh, we add fans so that they're able to lower the temperature of that air conditioner HVAC unit and have a fan help push it through the household. It feels several degrees cooler when they use those fans and it really doesn't raise, it actually lowers their utility usage because they've changed the temperature setting. Right, right. Well, these all sound like just really good practical tips, uh, good skills for anybody to, to learn more about conserving energy regardless of whether or not you're uh, a LIHEAP program participant. Let's go to the phones now. We have Andrea Smiley. She's also in Shawnee, Oklahoma. And uh, I understand she, uh, she works with the LIHEAP program. Hello, Andrea. Hello. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, well, tell us a little bit more. I understand you and, and Margaret work together. About how many people in Citizen Potawatomi rely on LIHEAP services? Well, um, for physical year uh, 2022, we serviced 531 unduplicated families or households. Um, we, ha we were able, thanks to ARPA funds coming in, we were able to help with weatherization, which included either insulation, um, maybe if they live in a mobile home, skirting for their mobile home, um, windows was an option, um, HVAC units. Um, wide range of, of services and, and resources. Now, earlier we learned from Margaret that uh, a big push here is, is to get folks self-sufficient so that they don't need to rely on, on LIHEAP benefits. And 
Can you share with us about how many families have been able to get off of, of LIHEAP just simply by, by following some of these, these guidelines and, and coming to this training that you folks offer? Um, we, we usually have um, per season uh, 150 to 200 households attend our education classes. So um, of that, I'm not certain how many don't uh, remain clients, but um, they've reduced their burden quite a bit. Mm. Well, it's really interesting to, to learn more about this program. And um, about how long does it take, Andrea? Like if somebody contacts your office and, you know, maybe they need help right away, they're having trouble paying a bill that's due tomorrow, about how quickly can you folks get into action and provide these resources and services that might be desperately needed? Immediately. We, we jump on it immediately, especially if they're going to be disconnected, especially in the wintertime. They can't, and in the elderly, they really can't withstand the heat or the winter. So we typically jump on that immediately. Um, the only, the only um, yeah, we have to get verifications from the other local tribals that help in our state to make sure they didn't get assistance through them. But we generally are able to help them within the 24 hours. And for somebody that doesn't qualify for LIHEAP benefits, what's uh, the most common reason that somebody wouldn't qualify? Is it just maybe perhaps having too much income? Yeah, usually if the utility bills aren't in their name, maybe they're in somebody else's name, or the over-income would be the most common Okay. Or non-native. We, we we actually have had clients come in and they're not native and apply, and we can't help them. But we okay. refer them to the state for assistance. Okay, and that's good information because like, if somebody doesn't have a bill in their name, because I know especially a lot of young people, they might get out, go out and get a first apartment or something like that, and maybe they'll rely on their parents or an older sibling to set up utility accounts. So sounds like that could create a glitch for somebody who might need LIHEAP benefits. Yeah. Yeah, if we if if like let's say their parent is the the bill holder's name, um, they can add them as an authorized user, and then we're still able to help them. So okay. we just verify that they're at least an authorized user on the account. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, Andrew, thank you for calling in today. Let's go back to Margaret now. Margaret Zintek, Director for Workforce and Social Services at Citizen Potawatomi Nation, and. Margaret, what are some other barriers that you see with regard to folks that, that want to access LIHEAP benefits? Uh, the most common barrier is they, they struggle to figure out how to provide proof of income, um, or they just don't know about it, that it's available to them. And uh, we have a lot of elders, disabled, veteran households that we serve. Uh, but we also serve younger populations and households. We, we serve anybody who qualifies, and some of these uh, don't realize it's available, and that certain income may be considered what we call excluded income, um, or that they have a, um, how do we say, categorically eligible. Um, for us, most of our people are going to qualify on the income basis. They meet the definition of low income. We've actually taken that HHS LIHEAP definition of income and applied it to our 477 program as well. Um, so we, we feel it's a very solid definition, and we serve a lot of people. We served uh, about 530 last year, 
And the way, as we're coming out of our winter months, we're still, I mean, we might have been 70, 80 degrees last week. It was 80 degrees last week. And we were at 36 yesterday. Um, we still are having our winter hits. <laughs> I think that's all over the but country, just these. For this year, have already, already, if this projection continues, we're looking at exceeding uh, last year's numbers if it continues at this level. We will not be able to do as much on weatherization unless we continue to get additional funding. So we are expecting that to cut back. All righty. Well, folks listening today, if you've got any questions regarding LIHEAP, if you're curious about whether or not you might be eligible or whether or not there's a LIHEAP program in your community, give us a call, 1-800-996-2848. We do have the experts on the line today who can answer your questions regarding the Low Income Energy Assistance Program. Well, we've spoken with a Native community in New York and uh, Oklahoma. Now let's head to the far northwest. Joining us from Bethel, Alaska is Mary Simon. Mary is the 477 director for her tribe. She is Yupik. Mary, welcome to Native America Calling. Hi, good morning. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Good morning to you as well, Mary. And you know, hearing so much about these soaring energy costs, and especially in Alaska, geez, are you seeing a huge surge in LIHEAP applicants? Yes, this year we've seen more, more applicants, young and old. And uh, are you able to provide enough benefits to go around the, the whole community? Uh Pretty much just a, um, we're unable to do weatherization. And this year we had more elders apply because, you know, everything is sky high. They can't afford, um, with their very little retirement, they can't afford um, the heating fuel. Like mm -hmm. 100 gallons is... Um, 665 without tax and 704 and 90 cents with tax. Okay, and if you could help us get some perspective on that, Mary. So $600 for 100 gallons of heating fuel, about how long will that heat uh, a typical home there in your community? It's It'll last like at the coldest, like December, January, February, it could last up to like a month and a half. So, or okay, average not, at a month, yeah. That's not very long then. So it's possible somebody might no. need five, six hundred gallons to get through the full winter season, which would be thousands of dollars. Yes. Wow. Yes, it'll, it it's expensive to buy heating fuel. Now, earlier, Mary, we've learned. Um, assistance with paying bills, uh, wood delivery, repairing uh, HVAC units. What are what are the most common uses of LIHEAP, LIHEAP benefits there in your community up there in Bethel? Um, most of them, most is uh, heating fuel and very few, like maybe two, three clients rely on wood. And where does the heating fuel come from? Is that a challenge as well, just getting the fuel into the community? 
Well, we have three fuel companies here, and um, we go with the. We try to go with the, the one that. Um, is least expensive, so so the heating fuel will go a little bit longer, and the fuel is barged in every summer. And what about during the summer months? What are some of the the energy challenges in and around Bethel during that time of year? It's not as bad as winter, um, but, you know, we have elders and families with young ones that we still up that still apply for heating assistance. The the most heating fuel we use is from like starts in September and it goes all the way to May. So that's a good good portion of the year then September all the way through May that's the heating uh the heating season up there in, in Bethel Alaska. Let's go back to the phones. Uh we have a caller from Wasilla Alaska who is listening on KNBA. Michelle. Hello Michelle. Hello. How you doing Michelle? Okay? We can hear you loud good. and clear. All right, a little bit a little bit of a delay. What's on your mind, Michelle? Or, uh, how are the energy costs up there in Wasilla right now? Yes, thank you, and I appreciate the opportunity here for this information. Um, Wasilla is a, uh, uh, is a, uh, uh, a suburb of Anchorage, and actually this greater area has a great population of Alaska that there's such a high demand for energy, including this um, the state assistance program that administrates the LIHEAP program, the federal LIHEAP program. But because there's so many applicants now, there's so many delays in getting processed. And um, just to qualify myself, I'm a senior citizen on a fixed income, Social Security, and applied in October. And I experienced tremendous delays to this point where I'm still waiting for the assistance to be determined. I did receive it last year. But uh, my question is, maybe for some of the experts here, is there anything that uh, the because of the state delays that the federal program can um, usher any kind of processing or is there any kind of um, administrative uh, pro- uh, due process when there's delays such uh, such as these? All right, uh, Michelle, thank you for calling in. Michelle is a senior up in Wasilla, Alaska. And I'm going to go ahead and let uh, Vicki Pretlow field this one. Vicki, Michelle has concerns with these delays and how she can go about streamlining uh, the LIHEAP process. Sure thing. Um, so um, I heard one of her um, comments um, was saying, was asking whether or not we could, um, I don't know, um, filter through the applications. I will start by saying um, that at our office we do not um, review or analyze the applications at our office, so that's not something that we can do. However, I would advise Michelle to um, contact the office to find out the status of her application. And I will also say to her that one of the requirements that we have is that all of our programs have in place um, a fair hearings process. So if for any reason a client feels that their application um, was denied incorrectly or if they feel like their application was not acted on in a timely manner, then they have the option to request a fair hearing and to get a um, 
an outcome or um, seek a resolution in that way. Each of our programs will have their own fair hearing process, so that's not something that we dictate. We dictate that they have one, but not what it is. And so I would advise her again to reach out to find out the status and then to also find out the process by which she can request a fair hearing um, with, with, that, um, with that office that she's working with. Well, Vicki, thank you so much for answering those questions for Michelle listening up in Wasilla, Alaska. So a fair hearing process uh, is available for Michelle and it sounds like a good place to start. Anyone else with a question about accessing LIHEAP benefits or eligibility for the program or any of the wide range of services and resources that are available through LIHEAP? What are you waiting for? one 800 996 2848. That is the number to call. Again, 1-800-996-2848. We'll get your questions and your comments on the air as soon as possible, but we do have to take a short break. So please stay with us and we'll be right back. Support for this program provided by Vision Maker Media, who envisions a world changed and healed by understanding Native stories and the public conversations they generate. Nurturing the next generation of storytellers with courage, generosity, creativity, respect, and commitment. 45 plus years of Native stories and Indigenous knowledge through film and media can be found at visionmakermedia.org, whose slogan is, Together We Are Vision Makers. You're listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. There is still time to get in on our conversation about LIHEAP. If you have a comment or a question about the Federal Home Energy Assistance Program, you can call us at 1-800-996-2848. That's 1-800-996-2848. Let's now head a little bit further south. Uh, speaking with us in Nespelum, Washington, is Richard Tenasket. He is the LIHEAP Program Manager for the Colville Confederated Tribes. He is a Colville Tribal member. Richard, welcome to Native America Calling. Thanks, Sean. Thank you for having me. You bet, Richard. And tell us, how is LIHEAP working for the Colville community? It's working really well. Um, our, our, our numbers kind of have been maintaining the same. Um, there is a high demand for energy assistance in our area, uh, whether it's through our LIHEAP program, and we also have a senior heating program. Uh, we're located next to one of the world's largest hydroelectric dams, and yet our electric bills are some of the highest in the state. So, it... mm, Well, that's interesting. Um, why is that? Why are your heating or electricity bills so high when you're so close to a hydroelectric plant? Well, when they built the dam, they ran most of the uh, electricity to the other side of the river off reservation. So we have very few lines coming onto our reservation, and whether or not that is a uh, cause of our higher electricity bills, I'm that's a, that's a very good question. Okay. Well, I don't want to get too far off the subject. I just thought it was an interesting comment that you made. Uh, but let's go back to LIHEAP. And, and what are some of the, 
How are people heating their homes right now? Because I know you folks have had some really, really bad winter weather up in Washington State this year. Yeah, uh, a majority of them is uh, electric and probably followed by firewood. And then we've seen a rise in uh, wood pellets, you know, for pellet stoves. Oh, yeah. And in uh, the wood, is that locally sourced by families or do they purchase it themselves? Um, we contract woodcutters to go out and cut, cut for our programs. And how does that work then? So somebody goes out, brings back a, a few cords of wood, and then they just go around and distribute it to, to lie heap uh, program participants as needed? So yeah, yeah. As you know, as a LIHEAP client, you know, requests wood for heat, will will give you know their name to the cutter. Um, we're kind of in a in a little strange, not strange, different situation. Our our reservation is 1.4 million acres, so we have tribal members scattered throughout that so we have cutters in well we have four distinct districts okay so say somebody in the spielum is requesting firewood we'll find a local you know one of our local contracted cutters here in the spielum give them that client's name and they'll go out and cut cut them their four cord of wood or what you know whatever it might be they'll mm -hmm. deliver the wood the client will sign off uh, the cutter will bring back, you know, the slip, you know, to show that it was delivered and the client received the wood, and then they get paid. Okay. Well, what I'm hearing from you then, Richard, is that not only is LIHEAP a, a source of, of energy benefits, but for some people it could also be a source of income, these folks that go out and, and are contract woodcutters. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have a... a I'm thinking we've probably got about oh eight to ten woodcutters at any given time. So yeah. Well, I'm gonna go back to Vicky Pretlow and Vicky. Is that common uh, in tribal communities uh, such as Richards, where people can actually use LIHEAP, uh, such as this, like getting wood or other resources as a source of income? Um. Well, yeah, I think that's one way uh, to look at it. Um, if we're talking about the providers of the wood, then um, we would be talking about our uh, vendors. We, we use that terminology, vendors. Um, and so it could be a woodcutter. It could be a local woodcutter. It could be, um, you know, in the case of somebody that uses, uses electric, it could be the lo local you know, electric utility co company. We we kind of loop that into the um, term vendors. Um, so yeah, as long as they have their proper licensing, proper business licensing, um, and they've been vetted by our program to be a vendor and to provide services to the eligible households, then um, if it's a local person, yeah, I think it could be looked at in that way as a source of income for that. Um, for that provider. All righty. Well, thank you. We've got another guest in Washington State, Ann Jagger. She is the housing manager for the Jamestown Sklalem Tribe. Ann, welcome to Native America Calling. 
Hello, hello. Anne. Are you... Hi, Anne. Are you there? Hi. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I just... Hello. Good morning, and thank you for having me. Yeah, you bet. I appreciate your patience. I know it's kind of tough sometimes to wait uh, through all the other guests, but thank you again for joining us. And as I understand it, Anne, uh, your community goes off a point system for LIHEAP. Can you briefly describe how that works? Oh, so we send out our applications. Um, well, there's a couple different ways that we send it out. Um, we do have outreach by our case management team. Um, um, we send, we advertise in our newsletter, and we go by our citizen list because we just do in-area citizens. So we send out applications to previous people that have have gotten it, and then once we get their applications back, they it's a point system on age, disabled, um, size of family, how how much their elect their electric bill or their um, heating bill is. And once those points are added up, those points are turned into money, <laughs> basically. Um, so each point that the person has is, is, say, it's worth $50 each point. So if a family, a, big, a larger family might have five points. So that's how much they would get towards their um, electric bill. Okay. Now, this point system, is this something that you folks developed yourselves, or is it based on a model from some other community somewhere else? This is based on a model. Um, it's a payment, We call it the payment matrix. It goes by household size, income, income uh, the cost of your fuel, your electric, and special conditions like children under the age of five. If you have children, um, you get a point for children ages 6 or 18. If you have someone disabled, you have a you get a point. So that's how we run ours. And uh, for the program participants, do they like the point system? Do they think it's it's fair and efficient? Oh yes, because we're not we don't go through and ran. I I was listening to everybody else, and we have a very small, a much smaller community than most everybody that you interviewed today. So. Um, it works well with us because larger families aren't getting the same as someone that might be low income but only elder and only have one person in the house. Okay. Well, tell us a little bit more about the Jamestown Sklalem community. You mentioned it's smaller. It is. We there is. I just. Uh, I think there's about 600 citizens um, in our area. I think there's 385 in our general area. Um, we um, we received we've received 27 applications this year. I kept hearing 140, and we were looking at each other here in my office, thinking, "Oh wow!" Um, <laughs> last in the previous years, like last year, was a big year for LIHEAP. We had uh, 33 households. Um, it LIHEAP just really helps assist our low-income households in meeting the cost of home energy and our families. Um, they, it just helps them to not make the difficult choice between paying for groceries or their heating bill. And tell us more. I mean, what are the main sources of, of heating fuel there in the community, and how are, are most people using LIHEAP benefits? So most everyone is using it for their electric bill. We have the local Clown County PUD that services almost everybody in our area. We have a few city of squim people but it's mostly electric bills i have a couple um that put in every year for their propane 
Um, we have a lot of wood stoves in the area, and I was really interested. In the, I think it was the caller before. We also have a firewood program um, for our elders, and when we clear a property that we have or we cut down trees, we haul it to a spot and we hire someone to cut firewood and deliver it to our elders. Now, for these folks that are using wood heat, uh, either stoves or fireplaces, is there is there interest in, in maybe upgrading to, to a more... Um, a more modern system of heating, or, or does the wood heat work well in, in many of these homes? Well, a, a lot of our elders really enjoy their wood heat. It is a different heat, but we are um, upgrading. I know our rentals that the, the tribe owns, we are upgrading now to um, heatless um, heat pumps, or ductless heat pumps, sorry, heatless. <laughs> ductless <laughs> heat pumps. And I think we're, we're getting... Um, a lot of like our HIP program and stuff. That's a lot of that's coming in now to uh, upgrade the heating systems to the ductless heat pumps. Energy efficient, very low cost. It, changing it by like a hundred dollars a month. Okay, well I I know as well as anybody how warm and cozy that wood heat is. So I can understand how your elders want to want to keep that wood heat. And, and some of these upgrades that you're describing, uh, is anybody able to do that using LIHEAP funds? Um, no, that's not something that the LIHEAP funds are used for, but we have other grants that we've put in for and that we're um, looking into to okay. fulfill that. Yeah. All righty. I want to go back to Vicki Pretlow again in, in Washington, D.C. And Vicki, you know, when, when we hear from communities uh, such as where Ann is in Jamestown, Sklalem, and Washington State, and, and people want to use their wood heat. And is there any priority there uh, there at the, at the main office there in Washington, D.C., to encourage communities to think about upgrading systems or maybe using more energy-efficient means than wood heat? Or do you really leave it to the communities to know what's best for their own communities and what type of energy uses and fuels work for them? Yeah, we do. Um, we pretty much leave um, the fo- – if there is going to be a focus on that, we leave that to the programs. Um, LIHEAP is what we is what we would um, classify as a block grant, B-L-O-C-K, um, meaning that we don't have a ton of federal rules around it. Um, we allow lots of flexibility for our programs to determine what the program is going to look like in their communities, whether that's a state or whether that's um, one of our territories or whether that's one of our um, tribal nations. Because, you know, the program in Alaska, in any program in Alaska, is going to look very different from the program in Florida, right? The program in Mm -hmm. Puerto Rico is going to look very different from a program in North Dakota. And so um, because of that, the differences in um, geography and climate, we allow a lot of flexibility. Um, And so if there is going to be a focus on um, maybe um, converting systems, um, that's going to be a local decision um, for the program to decide if that's something they want to contribute their funds towards. And Vicki, we have a lot of uh, tribal leaders and stakeholders that listen to our show. Maybe one right now is thinking, well, geez, maybe we should think about uh, creating a LIHEAP program for our community. How would they go about doing that? 
Okay, um, so that is a possibility. Um, as I mentioned before, we are currently working with uh, about 100 um, federally or state-recognized um, tribal nations, um, and we're, so there are lots that we don't, right? I think there are over 500 um, federally recognized tribes, and so um, there is an opportunity for anyone out there listening, any tribal leadership listening that thinks, oh, well, maybe we want to administer our own LAHEAP program. Um, in order to do that, we do have a process. Um, it's a little bit of a lift. Um, it will require um, several meetings, but I would advise anyone to get in touch with our office, um, the regional representative, and we have all of our contact information on our website. Um, I am hoping, uh, Sean, that we can have a lot of our resources and websites and phone numbers um, on your website once we finish our call today. Um, and if so, then I would advise any tribal leadership to check out our contact information, get in contact with their regional representative, depending on um, which region um, they fall in um, geographically, and then we can get the ball rolling. Um, we would have to have evidence that it is a federally or state-recognized tribe. Um, we would have to get some information regarding the population. There's some other items and some other steps that we would have to take, um, but it is a possibility. All righty. And yeah, I think we can certainly put some of those resources on the Native America Calling website as well. And we're going to have to wrap up the show in about another minute, but I want to go back to Ann Jagger. And Ann, you, you mentioned this point system that's really unique uh, for your community there. And, and can you tell us about how long it, it takes to, 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 for a participant to, to get points? I understand they're worth about $50 each. Well, it, I'm just, I just use $50 as an example. So we, we send out the applications. As soon as we can get them all back, we give people a lot of extra time. Once that comes in, and so we get a pot, say you get a pot of money, say it's $10,000. We take however many applicants we get and divide that into our the money that we get, and that is how much each point is worth. And then we have a sheet that has the point system on it, household size. You get a certain, so five people get four points. A two-person household gets one, and then a one-person household doesn't get any extra points for that. And then it's income. And then once it's added up, then we take the amount of money that each point's worth and times it by the amount of points they get. And that would be the amount that is sent out in payment form to their, wherever they pay their electric bill. Okay. Thank you so much, Ann. We are now out of time. I want to thank all of our guests today. Really timely information about the Federal Low Income Energy Assistance Program. Join us again tomorrow as we check in with the National Congress of American Indian Youth Commission and other Native youth leaders about priorities they're working on. I'm Sean Spruce. Support by the Sioux Trading Post, whose special selection of dried herbs are chosen for superior quality, and many sage, sweetgrass braids, and red willow bark and cedar are wild-crafted, all available at SiouxTrading.com. Wopila. This Easter, you can find truly unique gifts and menu items from SweetgrassTradingCo.com, a Ho-Chunk Inc. company, where you can choose from a variety of food, beauty, and wellness items from tribes across Turtle Island. Ho-Chunk Inc. supports this show. Smoking gave me COPD, which makes it harder and harder for me to breathe. I have a tip for you. If your doctor gives you five years to live, spend it talking with your grandchildren. 
explain to him that your grandpa's not gonna be around anymore to share his wisdom and his love. I haven't figured out how to do that yet. I'm running out of time. COPD makes it harder and harder to breathe and can cause death. You can quit. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico by Kwanek Broadcast Corporation, a native nonprofit media organization. Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. Music is by Brent Michael Davis. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.